Welcome to Allendale Market Talks, Greg McBride and Mike Lung. And Mike, a uh, little bit of a meltdown here uh, since we last spoke. Um, we're seeing a lot of open interest come flying out of the corn market. Uh, we've got a new variant of the uh, COVID uh, uh, virus. Uh, Omicron is out there now. And uh, the markets are in meltdown mode. Crude oil leading the way uh, i think down what 12 or 13 dollars in the last three sessions yeah not good not good not good not good if you're on the long side true <laughs> right if your inputs are getting cheaper it feels a little bit better but then you have the other markets that are following suit just a macro base selling off and like we've been talking about in the past with this more managed money and more really funds-driven markets that we are seeing. You see them unload one position, and they start unloading their book, and it just rattles across the market. Yeah, it's it's wild to, to look at what we saw on uh, on thir- on Friday after the uh, the holiday, going into uh, option expiration for corn and and wheat or December options in general, and. You see this uh, this market get sold off uh, on the new uh, South African variant. It's now been since renamed Omicron. But um, corn does something just completely out of the ordinary and takes it upon itself to rally into the close. Yet we see this massive uh, this massive uh, exodus from uh, from the corn market as far as open interest goes. And it continued yesterday. I think we're, uh, you know, 160 to 165,000 contracts uh, less in the last three sessions for uh, for corn. And you see, obviously, the uh, the crude market uh, taking a hit and, and all this stuff. And I think the biggest thing that uh, you have to be uh, concerned about is are there going to be other countries? Because I don't think this is going to be the case here in the United States, but are there other countries that are going to shut down because of this? We already know that they've uh, restricted air travel from South African countries. Uh, will there be shutdowns that uh, that accompany us? Yes. You think so? I mean, well, we've already seen Austria that was pre-Omicron. Yeah. Though. Yeah, so, I mean, you got some countries already shut down. So could we see a couple more? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. But is it going to be widespread enough that we really take it to an extreme like we saw the first go around? I don't think we're going to that side. We actually yeah, hope t- not. That's another $65. Well, that'd be another $100 in crude if we went to where we went before, <laughs> negative 40. <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't think that's happening. Uh, and to see a reaction like we saw for the first, it's just typically not something we're going to do. Yeah, We have that overlooming question mark answered. We have a general idea about what it would look like, what kind of uh, issues we'd be seeing, and how to resolve those issues relatively quickly. So, Well, it, it's it's interesting to see what, we, what we've seen in the, you know, well, the wheat was always in, in an uptrend. Corn was in a short-term uptrend, broke out of its uh, downtrend for a day, maybe. Um, Beans had broken out of their downtrend for a few days. Now, all of a sudden, we're back, and we're back into the downtrend. It looks like a false breakout. How negative do you get when it comes to these markets? Can we we safely say that they're 
there is more downside ahead of us. We've done enough chart damage. Um, have they, you know, have they turned, or are we just seeing a little bit of a, a recovery or a a retracement? Where what do, what's it look like from a chart charting perspective right now? From a charting perspective, we've seen in the past if Monday and Tuesday both agree, we've seen the rest of the week agree along with it. Now whether or not we see recovery after a pretty large down move that we've definitely seen here today crude down five bucks at one point the dow down 600 700 points uh we could see some recovery so to safely say anything would be to make a very dumb comment because it's as my uh, talking to one of my clients today art he said this these markets aren't for the faint of heart are they and we just laughed and said, no, they are not. No. They move greatly, quickly, and will turn you gray. Well, I think you and I uh, talked about this, uh, uh, not on the podcast, but on the side. We we were looking at, at corn. Corn had traded within the same range for the entire month of November. It broke out of that range to the upside a couple of times, but never closed outside of that range. Outside of that, I think it was November 2nd, outside of that, that day's range. Today was the first day, last day of November, it actually closed outside of that range, and it was on the downside. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you have that original uptrend or that short-term uptrend that comes into question, and you've, you know, you've broken out of your sideways range that you've been in for the last month. And, I mean, but it's really, it's not, corn has not failed yet, I don't think. I mean, we finished at, what, five... 63 something 564 mm-hmm. something like that today that's still a heck of a good price at the end of november for corn beans on the other hand have dropped 70 80 cents in the last three or four sessions and they look just like what we saw well last month they look like what we saw the month before it seems like we're going into this trend of and i think it started in september you sell off into the WASDI report, and then you buy afterwards. Then you rally to the end of the month or near the end of the month. You sell off again into the USDA report, and then you buy it right after it. I think we've done that September, October, and November so far in a row. Are we going to see that when we get to the USDA report a week from Thursday? Potentially. <laughs> I mean, it kind of <laughs> feels like that. Yeah, it it feels a lot like a risk-off mentality, and we have these overlooming issues, and beans are still not a bullish picture from here. Um, so there's a good potential that you just see that risk-off mentality. You've seen funds build in position, and now that they're a little bit worried about this Omicron and, and that the USDA – or not the USDA, the CFTC's commitment trades reports taken through today – yeah. Uh, you could see that liquidation take place. Well, and then we're you back could see to further liquidation taking r- place. Right, we're back to where we were at the last couple of weeks, where it was down twenty five thousand, then it was up twenty five thousand, then it was down twenty five thousand. Now this this one is probably going to be down twenty five thousand, or maybe it's more because we have seen those big changes. But it just feels like this one is a little bit different i'm not sure why i don't feel like i'm i'm more bearish on uh, on corn than i was before but i still feel that bearishness in in the beans the difference i think this time is that the wheat feels like it's playing the game too you know you sleep in the wheat or you you trade the wheat you sleep in the street that's that's kind of how it feels like oh we lulled you to sleep 
what Australia was underwater. They're 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 flooding, and all of a sudden, nope, they've got a record crop, and we take off sixty or eighty cents in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and especially with that the. the Outside day lower on Monday with the gap higher. In Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago after leaving its gap open on Friday, it really feels like it did hook some people in and it's ready to just rip some faces off after what it's been doing recently. So uh, there's just so much to be watching out for. You got the end of the year coming Mm -hmm. up. You got squaring up of books. You got, I mean, you look November to November for these markets and beans moving from, I think it was. 11 something this time last uh actually 11 i think it was about 1160 if i remember correctly mm-hmm. ending the next year sitting at 1217 it only moved about 50 cents even though it went all the way up to 1667 <laughs> and uh, now it's all the way back here and it's been a whirlwind but not a whole lot of actual movement yeah. for the whole year and it was really about this time that the corn actually started to uh, find its footing and, and really start to move higher. We started to get those sales uh, to China. I think it was in mid-December last year. That's when bean sales stopped, corn sales started, and that's that's one of those things where you know I I run this back and forth in my mind, and I talk to a lot of customers about it. Is I think that the the corn you can make a bearish case for it because if it's going to follow crude because of ethanol or it's going to follow the beans uh, or it's going to follow the wheat, you can make a bearish case. You can also make a bullish case because we continue to hear that China needs to buy corn because their domestic prices are so high. Does this become a rerun of last December or earlier this year in January where they come in and they buy a heck of a lot of corn and all of a sudden we're bullish again and we're talking Maybe we're talking 1.2, 1.1 billion for our carryout again, rather than this 1.5 or 1.6. So there's definitely you can make a case on on either side for for corn. I don't think you can make that case for beans. No, corn's just making a head case at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's there's so many questions looming out. You got South America, you got China, you mm-hmm. got ethanol, you got uh, COVID, you have. Uh, fertilizer prices you have that's another one yeah, absolutely you have all these things that are culminating into what we've been seeing for uh, since may which is a very sideways corn market mm-hmm. and until we start really getting some good answers it probably is going to remain like this but it's yeah. going to remain very volatile at the same time well and if you if you draw a uh i do this against the march contract but if you draw a a, a downtrend from the top in in may and connected to the, I think it's the high in at the beginning of November. And then you use your uptrend from, uh, where was it? I don't think it was the full uptrend. Uh, I think it was the most recent uptrend. Mm-hmm. Um, we just crossed those yep. and broke out to the downside. Mm-hmm. So you worked into a wedge and then you broke out to the downside. False breakout with confirmation, close below the uptrend in line. Doesn't, I mean, technically it doesn't look great, but. If you're looking at the long-term scale, it, what it would suggest is a sharp downwards movement and then a equally sharp reversal. So at this point, could you see 60, 70 cents taken off this core market? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the formation, just from an Elliott Wave standpoint, would suggest that after this sharp, aggressive move, you see an equally sharp, aggressive move to then go and break the highs, mm-hmm. which 
if we are talking about fertilizer and we don't see as much inputs placed and we do have any hint of a lower corn acre, lower inputs placed on that corn acreage and any kind of dryness, heat problem, uh, I think we've seen more than likely people are well more than willing to jump on this corn market from the long side. Right. Well, and, and it's interesting. You, you talk about this maybe possibly 60 or 70 cent uh, sell-off. We can't forget we've been down near this $5. And I'm going to talk March uh, now instead of uh, December because that's moving or moving away from it. But when you look at the March contract, we've been down around that $5 mark before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, December broke it. We still have a gap down there i think it's four like 484 or something like that 44 and a half something like that Mm -hmm. it's it's about six or seven cents away from where the december uh gap is at i mean would would that be out of the realm of possibilities to see maybe we go at least try and make an attempt to fill that gap and then we see some v bottom recovery come out of that at the point, at the rate that these markets are moving, it's not even <laughs> it's not even all the realm to say that we could see it by next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would play into my thinking about selling into the into the Wazi report and then buying afterwards, right? Yeah. And with a managed money position that's sitting at three hundred sixty six thousand, like eighty some percent, yeah, up. long, uh, yeah. If <laughs> if they want to even do a portion and remove a portion of their uh, position, it, we. It's very easy for this yeah. market to quickly flush its way there. Yeah, a lot of these guys are are trying to show profitability going into the end of the year, so they can so they can hit their bonuses and stuff like that. So, you know, why not take some profits and then just file right back in? Well, you know, we know the December con or the December Wazi report is typically a non-event. I mean, mm-hmm. the USDA phones it in. It's like, uh, well, uh, well, we didn't see any changes. I, I don't think that's the case, but. We didn't feel like putting out uh, updated numbers for that month. I'm We're just sure. waiting for the January report. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last year. Maybe it wasn't the December, but it was one of these that they just completely forgot to put it off for about 15 minutes. <laughs> 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 they really did mail that one in. Yeah. Well, so. knowing knowing how, how the post office works, that could be that they, they sent it out a week early, but it just was that late. Yeah. So, oh, uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff to go into the end of the year, uh, but biggest one to be watching for as we get all these volatile movements is what is your plan? Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't have one yet, if you need to go and talk to someone, please give us a call, 800-262-7538, or visit us on the web service at allendale-inc.com. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lone and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one. 